Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. This is mini-sode number three. Um, it's just me, Kathy. Uh, Jackie's still not feeling very well. Uh, the weather's not quite agreeing with her. Unfortunately, cold weather uh, tends to make her a little achy, even though she's a lot younger than I am. Um, Today we're going to be discussing Fivey Castle and their curses and ghosts. I just want to give you a little reminder about uh, going to our, our fan pages and going to podbean.com and leaving any comments um, and liking our pages. Our Facebook page is All Things Eerie. That's Eerie with three E's. If you'd like to uh, go to our fan, our Facebook page, it's fb.me forward slash at all things Erie. Again, it's Erie with three E's. If you'd like to leave us a message, it's m.me forward slash all things Erie. Again, Erie with three E's. So let's get started. Fivey Castle. It's a uh, a castle that's located in Aberdeenshire, Scotland. Yes, we are deviating from our usual thing, uh, being about eerie. I thought this would be a lot more fun, especially since this is going to be uh, going on right before Halloween, something a little scarier than normal. Um, I will be posting two mini-sodes. Um, you'll have mini-sode number two and number three posting right before Halloween. So hopefully you'll enjoy both of them. I really do hope you do because mini-sode number two was about the uh, sea hag of Lake Erie. Uh, that one there, very, very interesting, especially the song because that one there was really, really creepy. Um, but anyways, back to Fivey Castle. Um, in Aberdeenshire, Scotland. Bybee Castle is uh, not only considered one of the most famous, but one of the most beautiful castles um, in Scotland. It's surrounded by parklands, and the oldest part of the castle dates back to the 13th century, which is... Doing the centuries always messes me up again a bit because you think 13th century, you want to think 1300s, it's not, it's the 1200s. Um, but the castle itself was chosen and built because of its defensive position, which is why all castles were chosen and built where they were, where they're at. Um, that po defensive position uh, is in the bend of the river Yapan. Uh, the rest, and I probably butchered that a lot, uh, so I apologize. The rest of the land was surrounded by marsh, giving the castle a protective boundary. So, usually, and what they would usually do is, uh, if it wasn't water, they would cut back the trees, so that way nobody could really hide where they were at. Over the years, uh, monarchs had stayed at Fivey Castle. One of the earliest is William the Lion, William the First. Uh, who may have been responsible for the beginning of Fivey, followed by his son, Alexander I, uh, in the 1300s, Robert the Bruce, who, Robert the Bruce, forgive me, um, who was extremely famous um, in Scotland. 
and um, over the 800 years of existence, and it's always hard for us to think about that 800 years, because especially here in America, we are just beginning to really get into the the meat of some of our history, unless you get into the Native American history. Then that there, you can really go back, but that's an oral history. So, but. In the existence of Fivey Castle, tradition states that each one of the five towers represents every one of the five families who had owned the castle. And those families are the Prestons, the Meldrum, Seton, Gordon, and Forbes Leith. And throughout the history of the castle, there have been curses, murders, intrigue, and ghosts. The curse placed upon Fivey is said to have been placed by the great Scottish prophet Thomas the Rhymer. Now he lived between 1220 and 1298. Now Thomas the Rhymer, now it's said that he was the great poet, Scottish poet. In some of the research that I did, um, he was, some people said that you know he was he was such this wonderful person and in some of the research um, and they would they actually feared him coming around and not feared him but feared angering him because he would place a curse on your family or in your area so um, in the in in the story on how I wrote it was how Thomas the Rhymer came around was that it said that he gained his powers when he had fallen asleep one day under the Elian tree and he had met the Queen of the Fairies. Now this was a big thing back then because people really believed in, in, in the, the Queen of the Fairies. And when she took him to her kingdom and then brought him back, now to him this was all in one day, but when he came back to where he was from, you know, Earth, um, our realm, he realized he had been missing for seven years. And from that time on, he realized he had gained mystical powers that were said to have rivaled Merlin himself. And it was said that he was, he was also known to never tell a lie. So, but like I said, um, when he was alive, his travels were very well documented, but he was rarely ever welcome as his prophecies only ever told of disaster. So you can see why people were like, I really don't want you here, but I know I have to because the laws of hospitality tell me I have to, but I really don't want to anger you. So we're going to treat you really, really, really nice but please don't say any prophecies about my family. <sighs> so, you know, th these people were just, they, they walked on eggshells around this guy because they really didn't want him to say anything bad about, his, about their family, about their homes. So when this happened, by the time this came around, Thomas was really old. So he was probably really crotchety at this point. Didn't matter what anybody said or did. He was already in a pissy ass mood. And, and, you know, being old at this point, 
50. I mean, I'm 45 and turning 50 for me is nothing. Turning 50 for them back then was a lot. Turning 60 was a stretch. You know, being up in your 70s and 80s, that was ancient because a lot of people didn't live that long. If you were in your 40s, you were, it was amazing that you made it that long. So anyways, back to Thomas. When he had approached the gates of Fivey Castle, okay, there was apparently this freak windstorm that blew, suddenly blew up and slammed the castle door shut. Now this was in one research. Okay, now in another one it says, because like I said, in one research, and also in that research, it said he had been invited to come there and he, and he was going there because he had been invited. Excuse me, in another one, because this had been um, according to a man named James Murray, who had documented the story, Fivey's walls had stood open for seven years and one day, all right, awaiting Thomas's arrival. And when he arrived, he suddenly appeared before the fair building accompanied by a violent storm of wind and rain that stripped the leaves from the trees. So basically, he had this storm that was following behind him, that was like following right up behind him. Now, how he didn't feel this storm coming right up behind him, I have no idea. I mean, like I said, he was old and he was crotchety and he just really didn't give a crap at this point. So anyways, the wind had stripped the leaves from the trees and shut the castle gates with a loud crash. So he's old, he's crotchety, he's in a bad mood all the time, and doors just got slammed in his face. Now he's pissed off. All right, fine. This is the way you want to treat me? I've been invited to your place and you just slammed the doors in my face. Now back in this time, there were, there were actual laws of hospitality. It did not matter if you were, if you didn't like this person or not. There were actual laws of hospitality that when this person was there, while they were there, while they were under your roof, there were, you, there were rules of safety. You, they, they would come to no harm while under your roof. You were to feed them, you were to give them a space to sleep, and that was it. And then the next morning they had to be on their way. It was just, that's all it was. I mean, it didn't say the food had to be good, it just said you had to feed them, okay? A space to stay, usually a space by the fireplace, depending on the rank of the person, the nobleman, it didn't, you know, it, it mattered, that, that mattered. Um, if they were a high-ranking nobleman, then that in itself, um, that would depend on which room they would go to, okay? Now, that being said, if it was like, say, the king, the king would get the best room in the house, usually the master's bedroom unless they had, unless this was a, a very high ranking nobleman, and then they usually had extra bedrooms in their, in their home. 
Um, but sometimes people slept out in the barns. And sometimes that was a better place to stay than inside the house. Um, then um, you had, like I said, they would, they would give you a place to eat. And, and that in turn also depended on where you sat in the, um, in the house. Did you sit above the salt or below the salt? I mean, because it really did matter. You know, if you were just delivering a message, you sat down below at the trestles. Um, you didn't sit up with the, with the master or the mistress. I mean, it was, there were a lot of rules that people followed and it was very important for people to follow these rules. Anyways, back to Thomas. Thomas was upset. He was crotchety. He's pissed off because these doors were slammed in his face. So what he does is he curses the castle. Fivey, fivey, thou'st never thrive. As langs there's in they stands three. There's an impure the highest power. There's an impure the lady's bower. There's an neath the water yet. And all there three stands ye's never get. And what that means is as langs, as long as, stands equals stones, and in teal, any in teal, one inside, and neath, one beneath. All right, this is famously known as the curse of the weeping stone, okay, or weeping stones. And what it means is that there's three stones that were taken from either the local church or the parish, okay, and that they were used to, um, in the building of the, of, of the castle. And, and until all three are reunited and removed, 5e will continue to be cursed. And to this day, only two have been found. And one is on display in the charter room and a lot of people say that um, you can see the, that it's oozing water. Uh, the second one is in the Lady's Bower. And the third was thrown into the river uh, uh, Yen, Yenet, Yathan. Um, uh, and again, why would Thomas put such a curse on the castle? And, and what does it mean? I mean, why would you... Why would you not wait to see what happened? Why would, you know, with the doors? You knew there was a rainstorm coming, you know. Did they really mean to slam those gates in front of your face? You know, um, and, and what, does, what does the actual curse mean? Um, what it meant was, is that a male heir is will never be able to inherit fighting. And it does seem to be the case on a number of occasions. <clears throat> Thomas was not the and Thomas was not the only person to curse the castle. Um, there was a second one by a former occupant named Lady Meldrum. And she lived in the castle in the 13th century also. 
And her request, she had a request that when she died, that her remains be buried in the walls of the castle. To me, that's a little creepy, but okay. Everybody has their thing. Um, but there was no reason as to why. There was no reason as to, you know, some people make these requests and they leave a reason as to why that their remains have to be put in there for a certain reason. She, she gave no reason. This is what I want. And I want it done. There was, there was a secret room that was created and her remains were placed inside the room, sealed off. And pr but prior to her death, she had placed a curse on anyone who violated the space. Kind of like a Pharaoh, you know, the, the, but those were the priests that put, you know, prayers and curses on the Pharaoh's tombs that if anybody had, will open these tombs, you know, the mummy's curse would, you know, come back. So, but in the 1920s, workmen were uh, renovating the castle in the southwest corner. They discovered a secret room. <clears throat> so they went and they informed the Laird. And um, they figured out it was Lady Meldrum. They took her remains. They gave her a proper burial. Okay, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? Wrong. From the time that her remains were removed from the castle, the castle itself was plagued by ghostly noises, noises, and the figure of a gray lady was frequently seen. The laird was frightened that he, and I mean, he was so frightened that he returned Lady Meldrum's remains to the secret room and then ordered it resealed. But unfortunately, the gray lady still walks the halls of the castle. So he done fucked up. Too late. She apparently said, I will place a curse on anybody who opens this, and it doesn't matter if you put me back. Apparently, she forgot to put those in the rules. So, that being said, most of the famous, the most famous ghosts at Fivey Castle. Uh, is from the, fifth, uh, the 17th century and is named Dame Lilas Drummond. She was, um, now again, it depends on where you get your research from. One says horribly treated by her husband. Another one says they were fine up to a certain point. So, Dame Lilas was uh, married to her husband, and um, his name was, um, let me see here, Lord Seton. Now, Lord Seton and uh, Dame Lilas, they had five girls, and they had five girls within nine years. Now, in that nine years period, again, once one set of sources say they were good, they were happy, they were content, they had five beautiful little girls. And then another one said he was an asshole. He was, he was the devil incarnate. He was so unhappy with her that he had started to have an affair. And 
the lady's name was Grizel. Lady Grizel Leslie. Now, Lady Grizel was basically his piece on the side, and the only reason being is because he wanted a male heir. Now, remember, there would be no living surviving son because of the curse that Thomas put on the castle. So, now depending on which source you go with, you can believe that um, the Setons were a happy-go-lucky family, and but it just kept being one daughter after another, and then Lord Seton was, you know, done with that, and said, "Enough, I'm finished. We're, you know, I gotta have a son." Or you can believe that Dame Lilas um, was so happy with her husband that she was willing to have child after child after child and she just died because she had too many children. So, up until this point, if you go with she died on 8th, the 8th of May, 1601, that's approximately where her death is, she was not quite 30, all right? Um, Seton appears to have mourned her death. Um, now, in some research, it, in, it says that apparently it bears out that he was on good terms with his, um, the in-laws, his brother-in-law that, um, of Dame Lilas. So, um, because her, her maiden name was Drummond, um, so he's, he was still on good terms with his in-laws. Um, so, but the tradition says that he was so tired of having girls that he took Dame Lilas and he locked her in a, a chamber and he starved her to death. Now, by the time she died, six months, only six months later, he married Lady Leslie, okay? But the wedding night of Lord Seton and his new wife was far from romantic, okay? Now, me personally, I'm hoping that he did not starve her to death because if he could do that to her, what's he going to do to me? Because there's no way to prove that you can have sons unless you've already had a son. Supposedly, that was their thought process. It's not what we know today. It's, you know, we know that the man is the one that provides the X or the Y chromosome. Back then, if a woman who had sons could prove that they could give birth to sons, they were called proven breeders of sons. That was their, their thought process. Fun stuff, right? Anyways, the night of their wedding, they were in a different tower because the Seton Tower was still being worked on. They were awoken in the early 
early hours of the morning to unearthly noises. They became terrified when the ghostly sighs, ghostly sighs now, and scratching manifested in the master bedroom where they slept, but they didn't see anything. They could just hear it. In the morning, they saw a message had been left. On the stone windowsill, scratched deeply and raggedly, was the name D. Lilas Drummond. So, what makes it mysterious is that it's written upside down as if somebody was on the outside writing the name upside down. Therefore, in order to read it properly, you would have to have been either standing on a scaffold, outside the window, or floating mid in midair. You can still see the name today. The ghost of Lilas Drummond takes the appearance of a green lady, and she has been seen by a number of visitors as a reflection in one of the great mirrors. She's also been seen walking the hallways of the castle. There's accounts that she's been that that she's a malevolent ghost, and that she appears as a normal, attractive woman dressed in 17th century clothing. But there have been some who have been shocked when they seen her, saying that her face appears skeletal just as anyone would have if they had died of starvation. But there are those who say that she died not of starvation, but of a broken heart. Well, I mean, it either way could be, I mean, think about it. She could have died of a broken heart because would how would you feel if your husband locked you away and left you there because he's off with someone else because he thinks he's going to get something that you can't give him another ghost is that of andrew lammy andrew the poor guy was sold into slavery into the west indies and this is all because he had dared to fall in love with the same woman the Lord of Fivey was in love with. And her name was Agnes. And she was the miller's daughter. Neither Agnes's parents nor the Lord of Fivey thought the match between Andrew and Agnes was a proper one. Fun for them, huh? Andrew, however, had escaped from the West Indies and made it back home only to discover that Agnes had died of a broken heart. And I'm telling you what, people are dying left and right over there from broken hearts. But then again, I guess you would too if someone that you loved most of all either pushed you away or was taken from you. Andrew then cursed them and vowed that when a trumpet sounded, it would mean that there would be a death of, the, of a lord of fighting. Since then, it has been reported by a number of witnesses over a long period of time that a trumpet was heard to play several times when the Lord of Fivey was dying. And an apparition has also been seen of a young man standing outside the boundary walls dressed in fine tartans. I wonder if it's Andrew. 
I guess it's my guess, is as good as anybody else's. So I really hope you enjoyed this story of Thivey Castle. I am hoping Jack is back with us next week and we can start with our murders and murder boards back up again. And hopefully um, we can get back on track. This is Kathy and I am signing off.